Welcome to Parenting Without Getting Up, a podcast with three dads talking about fatherhood, life, and pop culture. My name is Will. Me llamo Roberto. Me llamo Josh. Wow, you guys went all Espanol on me. I wasn't ready for that. Okay. Si. Uh, me, me llamo Guillermo. I mean, that's. I think I'm pretty sure that's the Spanish for Will. Um, I, I don't know. My name's not Will, so. Yeah. Can't help you there. I actually had four years of... Did you guys take Spanish? Oh, yeah. Deutsch. Yeah, yeah and... and Oh, you Dutch, you had German. But yeah, Dad said we should do Spanish, and I wish I would have done it, but... Oh. Were there cuter girls in the German class or something? No, we were German by heritage, so oh, we were right. like trying to stick okay. to our German heritage, but gotcha. Dad was great in foresight and said, nope, the jobs are going to be He's Spanish. He's a smart guy. So, yes, yeah. very, very much so. Yeah. Let's put all of our savings in Zeppelins. Those are going places. <laughs> Okay, you could go work for like you could get a job for Porsche. Maybe that would be. I know. did get to talk to at a Reiki gathering, an international Reiki gathering. I had to talk to a German Reiki master who was was working for Porsche at the time. Oh really? Yeah. Did you did you use any German? Did you oh, break yeah, out I tried to German? break out the ten sentences I know, and yeah. that's about it. Well, your you sister, know. my wife, lived in Germany for like twice. I mean, once for a year and the other time just for a few months, I guess. But, but uh, yeah, so she, and it's been probably one, no, yeah, about 20 years since she's been, since she did that. And it was just before we got married. And so, yeah, she's even lost most of her German. If you don't lose it, it just goes. So, like any language, but, huh. I actually had four years of Spanish, but it was first year Spanish four years in a row. Oh, no. And so I finally just gave up. Cuatro, oh, no. cuatro años in yeah. Espanol. I kept failing it. No, I think I had, I took first and second year in middle school, and I took first and second again. And I learned some I didn't Spanish in seminary, and I found that I have to go past the German level, the German layer of my brain. Yeah. When I'm trying to recall Spanish, because German will pop up. I'm like, oh no, wait, that's German. I well, need to it's get, funny you mentioned. Please access the Spanish tape. You know, I need yeah. that one. When Andrea and I were in Mexico, like right, right when we first got married, she was down there and she, she said she kept wanting to speak German while she was down there because she just her brain was trying to access any foreign language that she had. So it's exactly what you're talking about. And I have had to use that. I, I swear to God, it's embarrassing, but I've had to use that in my relationship because I, when I go sometimes to address my girlfriend's mother... Yeah, the tape that runs in my head is my mother, my ex mother in law's. Oh, that's bad. Well, it just, it, it just the way the brain works. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just like the foreign language. I said that's the only way I can. I haven't called her that, but I I find that tape working in my head, and it's bizarre because it's just the only thing I can relate it to is German Spanish. Yeah, German it's just Spanish. that you're accessing. You're trying. To, you're like you're accessing the right folder on the drive but not the right file in the dr- in, in very the folder. Mu- very yeah. much so that's a great analogy for yeah that. so i know like i saw on the news like a few days ago a news feed that um joe biden for those of you in the future where we're currently in the heart of the you know democratic primaries joe biden uh accidentally called his wife by his sister's name i think it was and i'm like i get that i've done that many times <laughs> many many times someone said so. that's why he won the primaries in alabama <laughs> Oh, oh, oh man, that's rough. <laughs> Boy, that's pretty good though. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, no, no. For those of you, if you're in Alabama, I'm very sorry. That was 
that was strictly Josh. That was not me. <laughs> I'm Mike Bloomberg, and I, I approve this message. I cannot be held responsible for for my co-host uh, uh, comments. So, <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So yeah, language. I kind of got off on a tangent right away. I don't think. How do we even get on that? Oh, you started with a Miyamo. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, yeah. I spoke Spanish. All right. Just things are all so different right now. Yeah, we're in kind of a bizarro world. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little, our, our subject tonight is going to be related to the uh, kind of uh, continuing developing issues with surrounded by coronavirus. So if you are living in, if you're listening from the future, congratulations, you made it. So um, uh, anyway, <laughs> we're, uh, we're glad you're listening. So, but And our uh, thoughts and prayers go out for all of those who are deeply affected by this that's virus true. right now. It's, it's actually... As much as, we might want to make light of it for yeah. brevity. Well, we I tell you, condolences for those who have lost family members. I tell you, it kind of, in some ways, it sort of terrifies me because I'm with I have lots of respiratory issues, and so I may be, you know, if I got it, I may be one of the people who is, you know, get hit is hit a little harder by it. So basically, I use humor just to kind of as a, a way to cope with the stress, and so I kind of make jokes about it, and sometimes, but yeah, it's. You know, I feel horrible for anybody who's gotten it. And some people, it's you just don't know how it's going to hit you, I guess. So. We just heard tonight before the podcast started that Tom Hanks and his wife have tested positive for the virus. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Yeah, that's, uh, it's going to, yeah. I, at one point I was seeing projections of like they could have up to like 40% of the population infected or something. Or some crazy number like that. So, anyway. All right. Of course, not everybody's going to be hit terribly hard by it, but, you know, as hard, you know, not necessarily life threatening, but still pretty scary nonetheless. So anyway, but we'll talk a little bit about uh, our topic tonight is going to be how to talk to kids about scary stuff in the news. So not necessarily um, uh, COVID-19, but just, you know, things in general. And we hear about, uh, you know, major tragedies or accidents or anything but before we get into our topic, let's uh, talk about how the week going. Let's talk about anything other than than Corona. Rob, how's your week going? Can, can, to... we, can we do this without talking about Corona? That's the question. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, except is it possible? Of, <laughs> but part of my week involves hospitals, though. Oh, okay. Oh. So my girlfriend's mother had a heart procedure last week. Oh, well, is she okay? That she, it, she is now. She had a complication. Oh, wow. And ended up being in the hospital. It was supposed to be a day surgery. It ended mm-hmm. up being overnight for a few nights. Oh, wow. Okay. Just to make sure she was stable and all that. But it's very stressful with the heart. Yeah. And I got to have dinner with my son and his new bride and catch up on how they're doing. Cause yeah. Right after they got married, they had on the last day of the honeymoon, she got sick for about 10 days. Oh, and then they went on a cruise. They went on a cruise. But she was sick for 10 days. And when she, after being sick, then she got into a car accident. Oh, right. Totaled the car, and now she's very sore. um, Wow. But she's starting a new job, and she's going to be great. Good. So things are looking up for them. Bad luck for her. They had a real tough first month of being married. But but she credits Adam for being a great source of peace and stability he's a very he has a calming effect he really does mm-hmm. he's uh yeah he's very level-headed 
So, but that's good. So they can look back, you know, in 10 years on, like, I remember the first month of our marriage. It was pretty rough, but, you know, they got all the bad, most of the bad stuff yep. out of the way, maybe. Look at it that way, I guess. But Josh, how about you? How's your week? Well, I worked this last weekend. That was good. Um, yeah, no change. Just No change? Not really. You're Yana's like, doing good. She's yeah. getting really big. We took her to the doctor yesterday. She had a little bit of a stuffed nose and oh, no. she's fine. Yeah. Just allergies. Okay. Yeah, I've had a lot of allergies too. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah, everything's good. No complaints. Yeah. Okay, cool. I saw um, something on Facebook. Speaking of, of allergies and... I was thinking of the time change, which is always kind of rough for me, especially oh, yeah, losing suck. sleep. Yeah. But that's done now. And I, yeah. and I was up at up on the beach doing a ruck march at 4.15. What's so a really ruck march? 60-pound bag oh. and then just walking. Ruck, is that like for a rucksack? Yeah. Okay. And we did that at, we were on the beach at 4.15 in the morning on the day, on Sunday morning. So it was wow. like 3.15 morning. That sucked. Jeez. That did suck. Yeah. But. So I read <laughs> something on Facebook somebody put on there that. Uh, it was, I think, Sunday in the morning. It said, uh, um, there's a full moon Monday. And we changed our clocks. We lose an hour of sleep on you know, Sunday night. There's a full moon on Sunday. There's a Friday the 13th this week. Um, and, oh, and don't forget to wash your hands. <laughs> <Don't forget. laughs> I mean, so it was like all That's of this good. stuff. So, I mean, basically the post was saying it's like it could be a rough week. In that light, at least Mercury went out of retrograde and it's back at its normal trajectory. Now. Okay. All right. Well, good. <laughs> good for Mercury. So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I don't, nothing's really, I've had a really super busy work week, but not too much has happened at home. I mean, it's my company isn't busy so much, but we've got, um, I'm a trainer for our division. And so I've been training some new people that have come, come on board and they're in town from California. And so just doing a lot of, Training, my schedule's been really, really full. So, other than that, it's been fine. And then that's on top of my, you know, my daily commute and everything else. So, uh, yeah, but it's fine. So, uh, nothing else is really going on. So, you guys want to talk about about disasters and to let's look at the light side of uh, you know uh, the cheerier side of like disasters and how to talk to kids about. About scary stuff in the news. Scary stuff in the news is yeah. That's yeah. Um, you, you could say disasters, but <laughs> yeah, well, it could be a disaster. Scary yeah. stuff in the news, yeah. But I don't know. I was just thinking about this. My oldest kid, he suffers from anxiety a lot. I mean, he's he's in therapy. Um, you know, he goes like once a month or so to a therapist and a psychiatrist and and all that to try to um, learn coping skills and and manage his anxiety. And so uh, he's. We were going to go to was a Lego convention that took place a couple weekends ago. And we had, it's a, comes through once a year. And every single year I've been like the last three years, I'm like, man, we, I really need to take the boys to that. And I always, you know, I look it up like, hey, when is that again? So I look it up and it had just happened like the week or two before. That's the way it's been the last two or three years. And so this year, like it was actually right after it happened last year. I'm like, okay, I'm putting it on my work calendar. So it pops up. I got a month. I scheduled, you know, put a month uh, early reminder on it. And so and we won't miss it this year. So we were going to go to that. And like the day before we were going to go, that's when the news broke that somebody in the Portland area had come down with it. And they were, in fact, somebody at a school. 
um, with, you know, that works with kids. And so I was just concerned as a Lego convention, there's a lot of, you know, hands on building and stuff like that. I was just worried about, you know, if there's any kids that were at that school that go to this convention, um, I, I just felt like, you know, why take the risk if we don't, you know, don't have to. So, um, I went in and I told Liam that we were going to not go ask him if he'd heard about the coronavirus and he said he'd heard of it, but didn't really know anything about it. And I just said, you know, it's a, um, it's, you know, we don't want to be super afraid of it, but this is just a risk that we feel like we don't need to take. And so, um, you know, there's the chances of, of, of any of us contracting this from just going to this convention are probably so, so slim. Um, uh, but you know, we said that there's no, we don't have to go. So we just decided not to. And that kind of, I think he sort of got freaked out a bit by that because he didn't want to go. He didn't want to even go to school like a couple of days later. Um, so, uh, you know, and he loves school. So he just, uh, he's kind of gotten over a little bit, but, uh, yeah, he just kind of, it was kind of freaked out a little bit by it. And so, I don't know, I was wondering how, not just about this, but how do we, you know, when there's, uh, when there's, um, like mass shootings, especially school shootings, or when there's, um, you know, major earthquakes or how do you, I don't know, like how do you talk to a kid about that sort of stuff and, and reassure them that they're, you know, they're safe and uh, we want to be prepared and be aware of, of things, but we don't have to necessarily live in fear and keep them from, keep them, those things from, uh, keep us from doing what we want to do. Although it did in the case of the Lego convention, but I don't know. My whole childhood growing up, you know, my dad was a prepper, preparedness. Oh, yeah. And uh, one thing, lesson that I learned from my dad talking about all of this stuff is to have a plan in place. Yeah. I.e., something bad happens while you're at school, where do you go? Well, no matter right. what, no matter what, we're meeting at this, ha- you know, we're meeting at this location, no matter. Yeah. We're not leaving until everybody gets to this location. Like or, a park or something. Or, you know, yeah. a house or this. Right. And that. Yeah. But I think it's important to have the conversations and yeah, I as think a learning so. tool, I guess, maybe. Yeah. I think yeah, so. that's, that fits in great with what we learned in scouting too, is be prepared. Right. So yeah, having those talks and, and, I, gosh, the, we learned that from Mr. Rogers in the, the last movie oh, with Tom yeah. Hanks. I still yeah, we mentioned that. that about, yeah. Um, Who's now infected by the coronavirus. Yeah. And yeah. so unfortunately, but the, the takeaway that I had, one of those sayings in there is that anything that's, that's mentionable is manageable. Yeah. If you can mention so it, like about talk it. about where the meeting place is, talk about the food prep, you know, having enough to eat and so forth, then we're, you can manage it. Yeah. So, um, I remember my greatest fear and that they brought up in, uh, high school area era in the eighties was the big confrontation with, um, possible nuclear war with Russia. Yeah. And they talk about the hundredth monkey, and they wanted us to learn about the hundredth monkey. Well, I've not heard about that. What's so that? the the idea with the hundredth monkey is that they scientists or um, biologists that studied animals and so forth and trends realized that as soon as you had like a hundred monkeys on an island, they learned how to use a tool 
to crack open this shell. Let's okay. say if the, I'm not sure if that example is correct, but in my now in, in my remem- memory, it was that as soon as enough monkeys learned how to do a particular thing, and as consciousness grew yeah. with these group of monkeys, that when you hit the hundredth one, that it kind of like filled the collective, and then instantaneously they'd see the same development happen on another another island, even though no monkey was able to go over there and say, "Hey, this is how we do this." Oh, it just kind of grows, and so the idea was like, like sort of like sort of like a virus. Oh God! A virus. I'm sorry. Was that? Please. I'm sorry. God. I got on my mind for some reason. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It just grows. Like in I the, said, is my defense mechanism. It grows in the collective consciousness, and so they were hoping that by getting enough of us teenagers, they probably didn't realize they were freaking us out. That thinking, I didn't know if I was going to ever have kids or get married. Because the th- mm-hmm. they made the threat of nuclear war, so like yeah. right there, their idea was that if we could get enough people to think about the positive side of no nuclear war, that mm-hmm. we would hopefully not have it because we'd reach this consciousness on the planet. Like, God forbid, we cannot go down this road. Yeah, and but that was that was a big fear, and then I I know from my own experience with one of my own kids. Um, well, when we had the you know, 2012 with the end of the Mayan calendar. Right. And there are movies about it and so forth. Yeah. And so on one of Y2K my... Y2K is another one. Yeah. Yeah. But one of my kids was old enough to to like... I like, I would say, no, find out what they know. Mm-hmm. See if you can help clear up any misconceptions. Yeah. And then they might ask like, well, what are people saying? And you could tell them that. And I thought by speaking factually, by saying what some people are saying... It ended up really freaking them out. Mm. And so then I learned, even like right after that, it was like in hindsight, I saw this movie or was some documentary where they where they so clearly said that our job as parents is to protect our kids, mm-hmm. to not give them you know, more than they could handle, which is true. Yeah. But in my defense, I'd say I thought that they could handle what what was out there. Yeah. But it just got to be too much of an overload and... I apologize for scaring that child. So, yeah. But the same token, it's important to talk to him about that because then if they don't, if they hear it from someone else other than you, right, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Maybe was that right. was that Adam? I won't say who it was. Oh, okay. all right, okay. I was just wondering because he turned out to be so level head. Everything. Maybe that's what <laughs> did it. Maybe maybe it was maybe you handled it right after all. Uh, actually, all your uh-huh. kids are pretty level headed. Not too. They don't stress out too easily. So. Um, I'm wondering, as you're talking, I'm thinking maybe the approach is ask them, what have you heard about it? You know? Yeah. What have you heard about yeah, it? Yeah. What have you heard about it? Can what you, uh, tell me what you, do you have any questions mm-hmm. and, um, uh, about what you've heard? I think that's probably, yeah. Actually, what I should do is yeah, go back and watch some of those Mr. Rogers reruns because that, you know, he, he was just, the way he talked to kids is just incredible. I mean, he's, you know, was uh, he just knew how to make them feel like reassured and and all that? And you know, when he, he talked to kids he about came divorce back, and he came and, back after nine eleven. Yeah, right. After a hiatus, he came back to he helped people us understand after I believe it was Robert F Kennedy that was killed. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was was Jack, but. After one of the Kennedy assassinations, I remember I, I heard, uh, John Kennedy. I remember after talking about John Kennedy being killed. So, yeah, uh, he was. They, I saw uh, on a documentary 
I saw him uh, talking about that. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of, I think, level-headed approach that I wish I could, you know, have to channel my inner Mr. Rogers. And But, yeah, it can be scary. I mean, as adults, we're kind of freaking out. I was, before we started recording, I was talking about... Um, one of my coworkers who's like, who's really freaky, he's been really freaking out and kind of talking to him. And uh, I think he was concerned not only for his own safety, but, you know, spreading it to other people that might not be, might not be as robust or if that's the right word, you know, might be more susceptible to it. So, but uh, do you remember what, like, um, Josh, what, like your biggest is a kid you remember is like being kind of an O. Oh crap! Or, or you know, do you remember about Y2K? Y2K. I was in elementary school, I think. You? Oh god, I was married. And then uh, 9/11. Yeah. Not knowing that. There's been. I mean, I remember. um, What was couple? I guess. What was it? SARS. Yeah. SARS was one, and then there was Ebola. Yeah, I remember the Ebola one pretty well. That was kind of. Then there was. those feel like they weren't that long ago, actually. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, nothing like this. I mean, but, you know, when I was in high school, I did a, uh, a paper, my senior paper, my my English teacher assigned me uh, social, not even social, but um, internet blogging because Facebook, MySpace, none of that existed when I was in school. Yeah. But basically, my senior paper was on how accessible information is going to be to the public with the internet. Yeah. And uh, so it's hard to kind of think to try to compare the two because now you have social media and you have media explodes and you know, like the, the Russian scare, the nuclear scare, even Cuban missile crisis, you know, all that stuff. When you guys were kids was all radio, TV, word of mouth. Now everybody fewer, fewer sources. Yeah. Everybody's on their phone. I could post right now that there is a, yeah. confirmed coronavirus in Portland and now all of Oregon has got the information at hand and it's a little more escalated I think so it's yeah. a little different you know when there are fewer channels there were you know through television stations or, or you know broadcast media or um, print media that there was a little more vetting that was done then and now it's like as you said anybody can post well and repost and repost and repost and you don't necessarily know the authenticity or the accuracy or think about this the information you know, when you guys were kids and I got the trail end of it but basically, a news reporter would go out and find a, a story, you know, go out and go right. to the elementary school that's serving bad food or something and write a yeah. story on it. Now it seems like it's the same stuff that's shared off the Internet. You know, they get an article off the Internet and then they just, re, you know, re-report that, that article. Yeah, there's a lot of, of y- and, yeah, people are there. And this is a prime example, I think, just forwarding. Of, and I'm not trying to say the media is spinning people up intentionally. They're just trying to do, I mean, I get it. Yeah. They're trying to sell their stories. But imagine if instead of the coronavirus, they reported every single case of the flu in America this year. Yeah, I I, I take a little issue with that argument because there's a vaccine for the flu. There's not a vaccine work. for this. I mean, the, I mean, the flu, the flu vaccine this year was like 9% successful. I mean, I got the flu. My wife got the flu. You probably, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you had the flu a while ago. Yeah, maybe. it. Yeah, it just—it's a virus, is, you know. And I'm not saying I'm not comparing the two. We but have some it, more immunity to it, even right. culturally. We don't have any immunity to this thing. It's totally brand new, right? Yeah. Right. So I and that's probably the scary part, right? But like the at the end of the day, um, the 
if you look at the CDC stuff, don't go to dot coms or don't go to, you know, CNNs or the Foxes or the any real. I always get my stuff from dot gov, which think of what you want. But if you look at the statistical data, because, you know, I used to do this for a living. Yeah. Um, it's nothing to be of concern about. But yet here we are. Everybody's buying all the yeah. toilet paper off the shelves, you know. I Well, I mean, I think there is a reason to be concerned. I, I, uh, I think there's not a reason to panic. But I mean, that's what we're doing, though. Yeah. As a society, I think. I mean, it's yeah. definitely a thing to be concerned about. I'm not saying that it's not serious. I'm just saying um, it's a virus. You know, there's nothing that can really be done about it um, as far. I mean, you can't detect viruses. You can't. Um, I mean, it's. Unless we all like isolated for 14 days. Right. I mean, it'd have to be more and, than that. You know, even, you know, if you think about it, it would be probably 30 days. Yeah. Okay, but isolate, quarantine, and yeah, you know, if if everybody was willing to go those drastic measures, then this thing could be hopefully snuffed out. But yeah, we're a social, we're social beings. We're we live in community. We, I mean, right. I remember hearing about Italy with the they have to shut down the, the whole guts, country shut down the whole, yeah. whole country, but especially like the it's the the after dinner party yeah. that they're all so fond of. I mean, that's, yeah. imagine that's got to hurt, you know, not just, it just, what, another, it's a, a life's pleasure that it becomes a, it's a necessity. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, to try to uh, steer this back towards talking to kids about it, I think, you know, what I've tried to do is reassure them that, you know, look, uh, we, there are steps that we need to personally take, each one of us. Uh, wash your hands, uh, often using the hand sanitizer, uh, not touching our face, things like that. Um, you know, one of my kids isn't very good about washing his hands. It seems like at least when he, you know, he borrows my phone and I get it back, I can feel kind of his hands aren't very clean or if you like, you know, hold his hand, it's, uh, so there's, you know, trying to practice a little better management in terms of just, you know, wiping down surfaces and things like that at work. I, um, uh, our, our, our lobby, I'm, if I'm like on the switchboard filling in for somebody or something at the front desk and I have, I adopted a, created a checklist of things to kind of wipe down throughout the day at a couple points just mm-hmm. to try to eliminate some of the spread of, you know, and it's not just Corona, it's other stuff too. But, um, yeah, but in talking to my kid, you know, I say that, you know, these are steps that we can take and it, I think by doing that, it, you know, it gives us a little more feeling of control, you know, and especially for somebody, you know, a kid who's got anxiety, knowing this is something he can do. This is, you know, there are some things that steps he can take to make him. And I read today that that's exactly why people are buying this tallow paper off the shelves. Yeah. This is one more thing they can do to feel like they've taken some control. Yeah. I'm not sure I get the toy. Is that in case they're quarantined for a while and they can't get out and. Get it? I mean, that's the part. The toilet paper, I, the hand sanitizer, I totally get why that's selling out. The toilet paper, I didn't really, I still can't find the connection between that. No, it's out of fear, I, but yeah, uh, that's the only thing I can make the connection of is if yeah. you're going to be in your house stuck for yeah. that long. You can get anything delivered. Well, and, I mean, an important thing to know is I'd rather have hand soap than, than uh, hand sanitizer anyways. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, I mean, I think you, I, I do both. But it was but, an interesting article that was like, yeah. you know, it's the trying to explain that they feel like they've they've made 
you know, taking some responsibility yeah. to prepare and to be able to feel a sense of control. Yeah. If we go down those, they were connecting it to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm. So, okay. Autonomy and connection and, you know, preparing for those you love and stuff like that. Yeah. I think the important message to talk to your, you know, for me, like you to bring it back to the topic here is talk to your kids about what's the most realistic thing that's going to happen here. Yes. What's the least probable thing that's going to happen here. And we should have a plan in place if X through Z happens. And it's important, I think, to pull up the facts and look for your kids, especially, right? We're adults. We can look at stuff analytically. But if you talk to your kids, there's been no deaths of of children at this point, you know, and that's right. something that I would talk to my child about. That is and something I mentioned to my kids is it doesn't for kids, uh, especially, you know, not super, not like, seems like middle and school like and above yeah. is the ages of those that have been contracted it. Yeah. 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 So, and I said, it's for people who are it, people who are, you know, kind of not healthy to begin with a lot of times mm-hmm. and telling, you know, my two boys that you guys are both super healthy. You're in great health. And, uh, and for a lot of people, it's a fever and then the fever goes away and that's it. You're done, you know? And so like one report I watched on, I can't remember what news feed it was, but they interviewed a guy who had had it and, um, he said he had, uh, like 103 degree fever, 103 plus he said for like eight hours, fever broke and then he felt fine. And that was all he had period. That was it. And so, and in theory, know. he's got an immune built up to it now, right? Yeah, you know, in theory, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that part can also twist the bad way, right? You're talking to your kid about, hey, it doesn't affect kids; it only affects people over the ages of sixty. Oh, and now grandma, grandpa, you know, now yeah. you have, so you can, I guess, it can kind of backfire. Well, and that's well, one of the uh, St. Patrick's Day parties that I was invited to was in Olympia, yeah, in Washington. Canceled. It's canceled because the hosts are in their seventies, and um, yeah, it's just taking a practical measure. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I—that's kind of what I think I have. Um, is what can I do? What steps can I take? Uh, and still not be like, like I went to Costco last weekend, and you know, to me, I didn't think anything of it. I went to Costco. They had two people out there full time wiping down carts. You know. Uh, and so I felt like that was, you know, with that, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a little step that you can. Yeah, yeah little things mm-hmm. like that. And so you, but you, uh, to me, we needed to make a you know a grocery run and stock up on stuff, and and I kind of look forward to those trips because I sometimes get out on my own and get to go, uh, you know, a little time, quiet time by myself, um, with you know like uh, eight hundred other people in Costco, but um, uh, it. And, you know, I don't want, I'm telling my kids, you know, we can't stop living our lives doing what we're going to do, right? We're going to do what we're going to do, but we just need to be smart and be careful and take some precautions that we haven't, you know, we're not really used to taking. And I think, uh, you know, doing stuff that is high risk that we don't have to do, like going someplace where there's going to be a bunch of kids touching stuff, like building, that's a high risk and we don't necessarily need to do that, but, you know, going mm-hmm. to Costco and, and, you know, uh, you know, just kind of hanging back from people. Don't get right up too close to people, which I kind of have a, you know, a pretty good size personal space bubble anyway. So uh, that's not a problem. But, yeah, it's just things like that. So I think just making sure that we 
we just kind of take the steps we need to take. And that's what I've tried to instill in my kids. And, and for um, Liam called me today. I was at work. He called me from the Boys and Girls Club and said that he's not feeling well. He wants to go home. He told me what the symptoms were. And I said, okay, you know this is not corona, right? And he goes, no, I know. Yeah, I know. And so I'm like, okay. So I went and got him and and that was good. So, But I wanted to make sure that he knew that it wasn't corona. And so it seems like the talks that we've had have kind of sunk in a little bit because I think if we hadn't had that talk, he would have been freaking out. So anyway... I'd like but, to piggyback off something that Josh said yeah. about the, you know, think about the, what could happen and make contingencies for that. Uh, a resource that I found really helpful, um, it's marketed more as like the opposite of, you thought of goal setting, but hear about fear setting. Yeah. So if you go to YouTube and you look up Tim Ferriss and fear okay. setting, and it talks about, you think about the greatest fears of something like, what if I'm going to lose my job in the next 10 months? How can I prepare for this? Or... Mm. So you list those the those fears, and then what could I do if this does happen? So, so just contingency plans. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so interesting. I would look up Tim Ferriss and the fear setting. Okay. On YouTube. All right. Like it. Okay. You guys got any big plans this week <laughs> besides besides what we've been talking about? Mow the lawn, mow the back lawn. Mow the lawn. We got to do. We have to rent a chipper. We cut down. Well, actually, you helped cut down. Josh, our apple tree in the backyard, one of our apple trees. And so finally got all that uh, brush into a pile, but I'm going to rent a chipper and bring it in and, and make some mulch out of it. Well, let's so talk after this because I'll go halves on it with you because I need to use a chipper too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. cool. Uh, yeah, but that's, I think, what... And, well, we're supposed to next next week. I'm hoping it doesn't get canceled. But for Christmas, I bought my wife tickets to the Broadway, traveling Broadway, uh, Frozen, the uh, Frozen show, like the Broadway Broadway show. And so we have tickets for that. And we're going to get a, we got a room at a downtown hotel so we don't have to worry about the kids afterwards or going to the grandparents. And so I'm hoping it doesn't get canceled because it does seem like a lot of the public events are getting canceled. So I'm hoping they don't go that far But because I'd like to go see it and spent a lot of money on it and I'm I would hate to that's all non-refundable so uh but but so hopefully that uh that'll be next week but I'm grateful that it's springtime all the trees and flowers are blooming yeah more we're daylight in, in the northern the hemisphere we're in daylight we're, we're in Oregon we're in daylight saving time which is going to be our consistent time now it sounds like so really yeah cuz all the 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 senate law State law passed. So Oregon is saying that we're not going to go back to all the all the states and along our coast, west coast, voted to keep it, to not change clocks back. To not change. I clocks did not back. hear this. That's Hallelujah. Like. Uh, that's oh, that doesn't mean that I'm. I thought it had to be ratified by Congress, but it sounds like it's taken effect. So wow. The only problem is that then I lose daylight in the morning because I I, I just start like before we change our clocks before we change our clocks ahead this time. You know, I just start seeing daylight on my way to work, and then mm. we change our clocks ahead, and uh, and I'm back to driving driving to work in the in the night. So in the dark darkness, so that's all right. We get more daylight on the other end of the day, so it's all right. But I think it's going to wrap us up. Uh, we've had a couple heavy topics in a row now. Um, hopefully next week. Next week I've got uh, Rob. It's a we a mutual friend that we have from many 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 years ago. He's going to be on talking about. Uh, 
uh, riding bikes with our kids about getting them out because he works for the Department of Transportation, is in charge of their bike and their pedestrian division, I guess. So I think that's his... I think Good that's stuff. what... Yeah. I mean, that's what he does. I can't remember what he's actually in charge of, but but he that's his specialty, his area of expertise. So it'll be fun. So anyway, uh, thanks everybody for listening and... Uh, be safe out there. Have a good night, guys. Bye, everybody. Good night. <laughs>